Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It's Pharrell on the bench, coast to coast in the biggest way possible. Hanging out the bad seed, a broken eight, a bad apple with a bad attitude, hanging around a bunch of bad letters, bad taste, bad lie, bad dude, bad breath, bad attention, bad vibes. We are live in the Pharrell Appalachia right across the river and through the woods from Rack. Granny just picked up a whole slew of pre-roll lemonage, 18 percenters, and she loves smoking it when she's drinking shots of JMO in New York City. The Big Apple, ooh. People dressed in plastic bags, directing traffic, some kind of fashion, shake it up, should do better. All my friends that come around, let the fucking party up. Rats on the west side, bed bugs uptown, what a mess, this town's tattered. My friends splattered all over Manhattan, should do be shake it Hey, what's gigging? I'm Pharrell with Carver High Mafia, LTN, running in from Kansas City, Mo to Show Me State on a terrible Tuesday. Uh, let's roll Josh Norman, 33 today. Your boy Rodney Harrison. 48, Mo Vaughn's birthday. How about it? Uh, Zach Moss, even, of the Bills. You got all kinds of Bills today. Carver Highway for birthday, celebrating after kicking the Steelers' ass. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. All right. So uh, the Ravens win a crazy Monday night football game last night. The bad beat at the end with the safety. Oh, my God. Are any of the betters still alive today that had Cleveland, or are they all gone over a, a cliff or a bridge or a roof or a building or in a wood chipper? I mean, that was crazy. Lamar left the game with cramps, shows back up, Willis Reed style to win the game with two minutes left. Social media thought he was on the cabler. <laughs> they thought he was in there working a yam. But uh, he says he wasn't. I don't know what to believe. Safety on the final play. We'll talk about it. John Harbaugh is talking about it. Lamar throws the 44-yard floater TD to Marquise Brown straight out of the locker room to win it. Of course, Tucker had to kick a 55-yarder to ice the deal. Then they get the safety. Stefanski's talking on today's show. Plus, Frank Reich talking about Phillip Rivers' odds to win the AFC. We got it for you today. Plus. Washington optimistic Alex Smith can play this weekend for uh, the football team. Ron Rivera's talking about the situation with his club right now. Stephen Jones believes Mike McCarthy will get the Cowboys right, turn them around, fix them next year, certainly, not this year. Matt Nagy thinks Mitchell Trubisky is awesome all of a sudden. Careful, Matt. <laughs> Let's just slow down there. Mike Zimmer sticking with Dan Bailey. Swinging a miss on this one, Zim. Blaming the media for Bailey's shankopotamus problems lately. 
Blame your wife. How's that sound? Blame your dog. Blame your neighbor. Blame your grandma. Blame your grandpa. I mean, who are you going to blame? The media? <laughs> We're the reason he's missing? Give me a break. These people in sports blaming the media. It's so funny. Odds to win the NFC. We'll give it to you. Big Ben says if he's not good at football anymore, he should hang it up. Matt Stafford, x-rays negative, but I hear he's got a rib problem and leaning toward not playing against the Titans this weekend. Sam Darnold wants to be a Jet for life. Liar! Jags will start Gardner again this week. Debo Samuel missed the rest of the regular season with his hammy problems. Bucks Ronald Jones, Rojo to undergo surgery for his broken finger. Roger Goodell says the NFL won't jump the line for the vaccine. And he remains undecided about fan capacity for Super Bowl 55. We got your odds to win the MVP as well today. Plus, Andy Baskin from the fan in Cleveland will join us to talk about everything going on in Cleveland with the name change of the baseball team and the Browns last night in Baker Mayfield. We welcome in all of our radio affiliates today to coast to coast, north, south, east, west. We're everywhere. We're on multiple networks, great stations like Mighty or 1090 in San Diego and all of Southern California. Don't forget January 7th, Sports Grid Radio Network starts on Sirius XM channel 204. Get ready. January 7th, right around the corner doing push-ups. Some baseball owners want the season delayed until May so all the players can get a vaccine. Aaron Boone wants DJ LeMayhew back with the Yankees. Dusty unsure if he wants to manage the Astros past this season at 71 years old. Georgia Senators adamantly oppose any effort to rename the Braves. And Mark Teixeira leaving ESPN and baseball altogether, apparently. Plus, we'll talk fighting with Mafia at the top of the second hour. Floyd Mayweather, uh, Layla Ali among a group elected to the Boxing Hall of Fame. Conor McGregor saving a Irish gym in financial straits in Ireland. Bill Michaels will join us in the second hour talking from Wisconsin, his syndicated show about Giannis re-signing a five-year, $228 million Supermax to stay in Brewtown, the largest deal in NBA history. James Harden intends to be professional amid the trade request. He'll play tonight against the Spurs. Steven Silas talking about Harden. Kyrie talking about his problems with the media on today's Coast to Coast. LeBron, the best player in the NBA. Luka, though, favored to win the MVP. He says he's not in his best form. He looks like a fat ass a little bit playing, but he was still lighting it up last night. Dalen Horton Tucker lighting it up for the Lakers. Bulls wave. Noah Vonley will get into everything. LeBron and AD will play tomorrow night for the Lakers. And we got tonight's three games in the NBA, two of them on TNT. Odds for the championship games this weekend. We'll hear from Jim Harbaugh, Mike Leach, the swashbuckler going on a rant, and we'll play it for you. Lane Kiffin on the show today. Indiana, Purdue, Old Oak, and Bucket canceled again Friday night. Iowa, Michigan canceled. Georgia, Vandy canceled. Marquette beat Creighton in College Rack. We got your games tonight in College Rack as well. Plus, betting in New Jersey over a billion in November. They love to go to the window on Coast to Coast. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. All right, for all back on Coast to Coast, we bring in Carver High to dance. Let's start with last night's amazing Monday Nighter. Yes, good afternoon, Scotty. And it was a wild one last night in Cleveland, a 47-42 win for the Ravens on the road. Monday Night Football, it had a little bit of everything. Uh, High scoring, crazy plays, uh, not much defense. And you had Lamar Jackson, of course, leaving the game to go back to the locker room and then show back up. He had cramps, Scotty, uh, cramps. Showed back up with it at the two-minute warning, ends up throwing a strike. Uh, let's start with that, actually, guys. I'm going to move ahead to the uh, 44-yard touchdown pass, if that's good. Let's hear it, Scotty, on ESPN. Lamar Jackson to Marquise Brown. Give put them ahead. Here it is. A go Willis Reed reference, but I might lose some of the audience there. Like Superman running out of the locker room without the cape. While McSorley's attended to, Lamar comes in for fourth down and five. Trailing by a point. Jackson trying to throw for it, and he's got it. Marquise Brown hangs on to the football and scores. How do you like that? Tremendous. Uh, it was pretty exciting uh, and everything, but I had no idea what was happening there. I got to be honest. So uh, at least I saw it happen. He started running out of the pocket, right? It looked like he was going to run for the first down. It was fourth and five. And as he got up to the line of scrimmage, he just popped a floater down over the defense to Brown, who ran it another 25 yards in the end zone. It was really like a 20-yard pass and a 24-yard run, it looked like to me. Uh, but he was wide open over the D. They had bit when he ran and I think the corners and safeties bit leaving the guy wide open and he scores but it wasn't done there either they had to uh, obviously um, you get you know Cleveland coming back and scoring and then you get Tucker you give this guy a minute to get down the field all he had to do Jackson was throw a couple of shorties and then they got in position the whole time it was happening we were on for all on a bench on the sports grid radio overnights and we knew it was going to happen. We're like, all you got to do is give this guy Tucker 55 or 60 yards and it's money. And sure enough, uh, that's exactly what happened. And then all hell broke loose with that stupid lateral play Cleveland ran. That just cost everybody an arm and a leg. Yeah, let's get into that, Scotty. Like you said, Cleveland left him just too much time, uh, really. But a nice job by Baker. I thought that last night, Scotty, even though the Browns lost, like, you never say you lose, but you win. Like, I thought that last night the Browns kind of showed 
that maybe they are in this thing a little bit. The way they fought the Ravens back and forth, they lost on a great play by Lamar and to the best kicker in the NFL. They just left too much time on the clock. I thought the Browns showed up pretty good last night. I mean, without a doubt, it was an insane game. It was fun to watch. Eight rushing touchdowns. Uh, I thought his pass, uh, Baker Mayfield's on that last drive to Peoples-Jones on the sideline was just an absolute ripper and a great catch by Peoples-Jones with a defense all over him. And uh, I thought he handled the pressure of that drive uh, incredibly well. You know, a minute 52, he did it in 50 seconds. They gave them the ball back with a minute left. So, uh, and they had all those timeouts. I, I, you know, it was like they rushed down the field to score, but it is what it is. You got to score. You got to get it in the end zone. You got to do what you got to do. And uh, the Cleveland defense couldn't stop them uh, with the quick minute that they moved into field goal position. Let's hear from Ravens coach John Harbaugh. As always, Scotty, proud, very proud of his team. Here's John. Probably showed me, Ryan, what I already knew and believed. I mean, I love these guys. I love these guys. And it's not, you know, because they're football players or because they play for us or, or you know, even, even being with them every day, it's for who they are. I mean, they have, they have the hearts of lions. They really do. And, uh, you know, I've got a lot of respect for football players, especially in the National Football League. And it's, it's a tough sport to play. And, and this league is very competitive. That team over there is a, is, is a really good football team. And they, they had great heart, too. So um, for our guys to be able to do that and, and, and to make those plays at the end when it counted the most, it just it says so much about, about their character and who they are, their trust and the belief. Well, I believe this. They moved into a tie for that last wild card spot, unless I'm crazy. So that's all that matters. And uh, I don't really think it hurt Cleveland at all. They're a good team. Uh, I've been saying it all season long that they look different than I've seen them in 20 years. I think Baker Mayfield's doing a great job. They got a great rushing attack. I thought Kareem Hunt was great out of the backfield, making catches, scoring touchdowns, receiving, running. Uh, they did a little bit of everything. I, I think they have uh, they have it all. I mean, they got the tight end in Nojoku. They have uh, receivers. When, when Odell went out, everybody thought that would be the end of them, and it wasn't. People, Jones stepped up. I think everyone on that team has done a hell of a job, and Stefanski as well. Uh, coaching them. Uh, they're tough. They're like the Bills in a sense. I think the Bills are a notch above the Browns, but they were both 9-3 and three until, you know, the Bills beat the Steelers, and now Cleveland had a shot to win their 10th game, didn't get it done. Let's hear from their head coach, Kevin Stefanski. Of course, tough loss for them last night. They got to put it behind them, Scotty. They have another primetime game on Sunday night against the New York Giants. Here's Stefanski. You know, obviously very disappointed. Uh, we came here to get a victory, and we didn't. Uh, very hard-fought game on both sides. Uh, I, I appreciate how the guys battled. But we just did not do enough to get a win. And uh, we made mistakes, really, from from myself to the coaches to the players to the offense, defense, special teams. We just weren't clean enough to beat a good team, uh, and, and that's disappointing. But it's uh, almost going to be midnight here. It's almost going to be Tuesday, and we got a game coming up on Sunday. So we'll own this. And then we will uh, move on and put all of our efforts into uh, next week. There you go. Uh, they're going to play the uh, Giants on uh, Sunday Night Football. And the Giants are going to be absolutely desperate because uh, they've already fallen back of Washington after looking so bad against Arizona. And Cleveland's flat out better than the Giants. That's just all there is to it. 
the interesting thing will be like after the Steelers lost to Washington, everybody wanted to see how they would respond. Well, they went to Buffalo and lost. Now everyone's going to want to see how Cleveland responds and they can't afford to go lose to the Giants at MetLife. And just to clean up the last thing from this game, of course, was the betting angle of it. The safety, the mess at the end of the game, uh, they go out the back of the end zone. Most people, as we know, the line was three, uh, even ticked to three and a half here and there. But uh, if you had the Browns, Scotty, a very tough break. They end up now losing by five, and everybody has to rip up the tickets. Some places like FanDuel did actually uh, give betters back their bet today. They refunded them a bad beat uh, for what happened last night. But, man, you just – we only see it at once in a while, but that was an awful beat for betters. I think that's, um, you know, wonderful that they gave all of those betters back their money. Uh, I think that that's, you know, incredible business savvy smarts by them. Although, uh, I guess I'll be honest with you. I, it makes no sense to me as running a business why you would give all that money back. It's a... You know, betting's about winning and losing bets. It's not about doing people favors, uh, in my opinion. Seriously, like, uh, if I'm running a casino and someone wins, I'm not, you know, I'm not interested in if I win, if the house wins, I'm going to start giving people all the money. I, I just don't, I don't understand that thinking, Carver. You tell me. If I'm running a sports book, I want to win the bets. I'm not interested in giving the public their money back when they lose bets. When you... They lost the bet. It is what it is. You lose. That's that. I'm running a business here. I'm not handing out charity. That's the way I see that uh, as from a business standpoint. It's the nicest thing I've ever seen anybody do. Congratulations if they gave your money back. I know people here, frankly, in the business or even people on the street, bookies. And let's face it, they're still out there, whether you like it or not. That they are, are you kidding me? They would no more give that money back than fly a kite. <laughs> You're absolutely right. When we come back, we'll hear from uh, Frank Reich and the Colts, some other things. Uh, the odds now in the AFC, they've shifted a little bit here uh, as we get towards the end. We'll look at those two. We've got Ron Rivera, Stephen Jones, Matt Nagy, and Dan Bailey did survive, Scotty. But when we hear Mike Zimmer, uh, he kind of blames sure the media for a lot of what went on. <laughs> That's pathetic, and I think that he should have been cut. I, I think he should have been cut two weeks ago when he was as bad as he was. And then to do this again, even worse, I can't believe he's got a job. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down, and too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn, and most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. 
So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's start with Frank Reich and what he's saying about his Colts and Phillip Rivers. Yes, the Colts coming off that big win in Vegas, Scotty. This week they take on division rival Houston. They are trying to get one of those final wild card spots in the AFC. Reich says everybody was down on Phillip Rivers coming into the year, but we believed in him, and he has paid dividends for us. Here is Reich. When we had a discussion in the offseason about Philip Rivers and he's going to be 39 years old and, and all that stuff, this was about helping our football team get better. And Mr. Ursay is totally committed to that. And so early on in the year, you know, when there was one or two, as I've heard Philip refer to it, hiccup as a, as a hiccup here, or two, uh, one or two hiccups along the way for us as an offense, not for any one player, I didn't laugh, but I, there was never a doubt in my mind. There's never been a doubt in my mind what Philip, of the kind of football Philip Rivers is capable of playing and would play this year and has played. So I had that much confidence in him. So it wasn't a hard decision, you know, last year. And yeah, it's year you're putting your neck on the line for somebody, but like, okay, this is the kind of guy you want to put your neck on the line for. Yeah, I don't know if I'm uh, sold on him uh, going anywhere with this team. I know uh, a lot of people have been talking, even on this show, about how good the Colts are and how good their defense is and how dangerous they are. And, yeah, I don't feel the same way about him, uh, to be honest with you. But I I know he can sling it. I know he can, uh, you know, dink it and dunk it all day down the field. But I don't know if I really have faith in him. What are the odds in the AFC here for the playoffs and the Super Bowl? Because uh, I'm not sure I'm putting them in there, but I guess stranger things have happened. Yes, uh, right now, Scotty, odds in the AFC. The Chiefs are now minus money, minus 125 to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. Steelers next at plus 550. And then the Bills, 6-1, to one, right behind them. Ravens, who aren't even in the playoffs right now they're tied with the dolphins for the last spot they're the fourth choice at nine to one colts titans browns etc after that scotty listen i i'm not gonna put uh the ravens ahead of uh even the colts or titans i i think the uh problem with lamar jackson i think he's incredible running the ball i thought he had a great game last night but look at the numbers Uh, You know, he threw to Brown wide open. It wasn't that hard. If the guy's all alone, this is a professional NFL quarterback. I don't care what anybody says about his arm, not being able to throw. He can throw a little 20-yard dime to a guy standing all alone. Uh, He could do that in his sleep all day, six ways till Sunday. But in reality, they're not winning in the playoffs with a guy that throws for 100 yards a game. It's not happening. Colts have a running game. They got a great defense. And Rivers is very capable of throwing the ball 50 to 60 times in a playoff game. He'll throw it all day. He's got a rubber arm. And I think Tannehill and Henry are way too dangerous in terms of uh, being below the Ravens. I still think it's the Chiefs, Bills, and Steelers. And the Bills proved they're better than the Steelers, so I moved the Bills ahead of the Steelers. I think the Bills are better. And I still think the Chiefs should beat the Bills' ass in an AFC title game. So the Bills fans can get as excited as they want. They're not winning the AFC championship. They're going to lose to the Chiefs if they play them. I'll give them the nod as the second-best team. That's as far as I'll go. 
Oh, everybody is clearly chasing the Chiefs right now, and that not just the AFC, the entire NFL as far as I'm concerned. Let's go to the NFC side now, Scotty. The Washington football team, they are now first place in the NFC East. Alex Smith banged up on Sunday. Dwayne Haskins had to come into the game. They are optimistic, Scotty, that Smith is going to be able to play this weekend. Here is head coach Ron Rivera. He does not think, Scotty, that anybody wants to play is Washington football team right now. Because I want the guys to understand that they're relevant, that, that that people are now paying attention to you. You know, you've won four in a row. You're playing a physical style of football, physical brand of football. Um, and, you know, and I want to say in people's minds are going, okay, oh, this is a good team. This is a lot better team than when they started this year. Man, they're growing. They're, they're, they're getting into that spot. So, you know, and uh, I could be wrong. People could be saying, oh, yeah, wow, Washington's coming. Okay, good. They got a losing record. Yeah, let's get these guys. I could be wrong, but I just want these guys to understand that I believe in them. I believe they're part of the conversation right now, um, and they've done some good things, and they deserve to be part of the conversation. You know, I've said on uh, Coast to Coast multiple times that I think that they're the team that will win the division, uh, and I said it was because of uh, Alex Smith and that I thought that he could actually – get them to the playoffs in this lousy division and that they were the best team overall. And I've also said uh, that Alex Smith is better than Danny Dimes. I do not believe Daniel Jones is Danny Dimes at all. In fact, I don't like him. I think he's average at best. And Alex Smith is certainly not that. And the other reason I think they're so good is uh, two other kind of factors. One is Rivera. Uh, the job he's done there in D.C., even with cancer, is phenomenal. And two, Chase Young is an absolute mother for other. That guy is a freak, and he's, like, picking up balls at midfield and racing down the sideline, holding the ball in one hand like he's been in the league for 10 years. He's a rookie uh, pushing people around in the NFL like they're uh, melted chocolate. I mean, he is just running over people, stepping on people, eating people alive, making plays, recovering fumbles. He is one bad dude. And if you get a guy that crazy, he reminds me of Ferguson from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I think the guy is lit up and he's ready to go on Sunday. It's Lawrence Taylor. I mean, it's like I'm watching Lawrence Taylor is what I think of Chase Young. Yeah, he kind of looks like Scotty that he could play like, you know, tight end. He, like he, He's got a lot of talent. Right. Uh, a lot of skill, and man, he picked that ball up. He let it happen on Sunday for them. Big dude as well. He'll stay in the NFC East. The Cowboys have had an absolutely miserable year. As we know, there was some talk about Mike McCarthy. Stephen Jones says, no, 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 that is not going to happen. Mike McCarthy is the guy that will get the Cowboys back on track. Here is Jones on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. We have the utmost confidence that this ship is going to be righted quickly. And, uh, you know, Mike's going to be the leader uh, leader of this group. And uh, he's certainly uh, a great head coach. And uh, I think, you know, we're going to see that, uh, you know, going forward that, uh, you know, he's, he's a great head coach in this league. He's accomplished a lot. And he's going to accomplish a lot more before it's all said and done. Look, if he doesn't win next year, he'll be fired. There you go. <laughs> I mean, it's one. They're giving him one more year out of that deal. I can guarantee if they lose again next year, like they played this year, uh, Mike McCarthy will be written off as an NFL head coach for the last time. Uh, He was great when he was in Green Bay. And in Dallas, it's been a train wreck. 
We love Matt Nagy on Coast to Coast. We play him just about every week. We only have about three or four more weeks of Matt Nagy sound left to play before he gets fired. Uh, Here he is again, Scotty, saying, you know, I know I benched Mitchell Trubisky earlier in the season, but I got to tell you, this guy's awesome now, Scotty. Here's Matt Nagy. (laughs) No, he isn't. No, he isn't. When we made the move to Nick, uh again at he that point too. in time it's it's really hard to accept for for Mitchell but I do believe that for a lot of different reasons that's going to end up really helping him out in his career and what it's done is it's able <laughs> it's enabled him to take a step back and see where we're at and now these last three games um we're feeling an identity within this offense and he's a big part of that you know he's able to you see some of the stuff we're doing with the naked <laughs> and the movements and uh, he's changing his arm angles. He's making good decisions uh, where he's looking downfield. And if it's not there, he's getting the ball down to the backs and the tight ends and they're making plays. It's hard to defend when you do that. No, it isn't. Uh, and the last three games are really a death knoll. That's what they are. And for he talked about naked. Yeah, the Bears fans are naked after watching you coach this team the last few years. Uh, no one wants to leave their house. They're all naked, and they burned all their Bears clothes because you're so awful. Let me be clear. Nick Foles and Mitchell Trubisky are perfect for one another. They both suck. I like how Matt says that the offense is finally figured out, you know, at 13 games in. Matt, there's only 16 games in the season. You've only got three left. You figured it out too late. Uh, You're going to get fired now, Matt. I'm sorry. Uh, Other side of the field on Sunday in that game is the Vikings, Scotty. Here is head coach Mike Zimmer. Got a lot of questions. This guy. Why did he not not, uh, let go of Dan Bailey after a horrible performance on Sunday? He says, Scotty, the media is to blame. The media is to blame for everything. Here is Mike Zimmer. (laughs) Like I said yesterday, you know, it's all – it's about – you know, if I if I cut everybody that made mistakes yesterday, we'd all be out of here, and including me. So we'll just, you know, go with our gut and believe, do what we believe, and believe that um, if whichever decision we make, that uh, we make it the right one, and go from there. I mean, that's all you can do. You make you go with your gut, make make the decision that you believe, and go with it. I mean, every you're you're the ones that second guess everything. Oh, Jesus, dude. I mean, how lame are you, Grinch? Uh, Listen, take a good look at your last two games with this guy shanking kicks. I mean, he's going to knock somebody's eye out. Some guy working in maintenance at the stadium, uh, bringing some new sod in from the end zone. He's going to get his uh, eye poked out. This guy's kicking balls all over the place. Wide left, wide right, crossbars, uh, uprights. I mean, he can't hit the ocean from the beach. I mean, this guy, Bailey, he needs a shrink and Zimmer. Oh, no. Blaming the media for everything. Have you been hanging out with Kyrie? (laughs) He probably has. Uh, Quickly, Scotty, before we go, odds to win the NFC. Uh, As of right now, Packers are now in the lead, plus 270. Saints right behind them, plus 280. And then, of course, Rams, Seahawks, Bucks. Uh, we know it's those five, and then there's obviously a deep drop after that. One of those five will represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. You know, I, with defense right now, and there's still three weeks of games left, I, I'm, I'm Packers-Rams-NFC championship. I, that Rams defense wow. is no joke, and I, I still think Goff can get it done with Cup and Woods, uh, and I like McVay.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, for all back on Coast to Coast, one of the best uh, uh, on the show ever, all-time, one of our favorites, and a great host on the fan in Cleveland. Andy Baskin joins us again on Coast to Coast. We always like to check in with Andy, see how it's going. Um, hey, just a reminder, Andy, Christmas is in like nine days. You're going to want to go uh, shopping for your family really quick. <laughs> okay. Maybe playoffs? Get in. Is that what I should do? Whatever. Just get him something because, you know, I know how busy you are on the air and everything. You're a busy guy. You forget to, you know, get the family gifts. It's a problem every year. We got to keep you, you know. Updated on things to do today. Go shopping. <laughs> You're like a local news guy now. Uh, truth is, our, our son's birthday is like right after Christmas, and we forget about that all the time. That would suck. So is mine. Right what, what's Christmas. yours? Uh, mine's uh, the 27th, my son. Okay, so my son's the 7th, January 7th, so we always forget about it. Well, January 7th, is, a, is that's quite a stretch from like two days after Christmas. So when you have a birthday uh, two days after Christmas, uh, it's almost like strong arming your family. You get Christmas presents and then two days later, you got to do it again, like round two. Uh, January 7th, I wouldn't have a problem with that, actually. Talk to me about uh, the Browns. Uh, I understand how upset everybody is about uh, the end of the game. And, uh, you know, losing the game and the way they lost. But I have to tell you, Andy, uh, this is the best Cleveland Browns football team I've seen in 20 years. I think you're right. I don't think I, – I mean, you have to go back to the 90s to find a team that's been this good. And the numbers uh, shake out that way. I mean, you're looking at Baker Mayfield having a great year, another year of, you know, over 1,000 yards. Uh, best running backs that we've seen since Mack and Biner. Offensive line that's been outstanding. You know, as, as bad as it could have been today, uh, especially taking phone calls and talking to the folks in Northeast Ohio, I think people are pretty chill about it right now here in Northeast Ohio, just knowing that, that you know, they're still on the same spot in the playoffs and they didn't lose any ground and they know they played a great game and they know it was a lot better than the first time they played the Ravens. They still have some work to do in New York over the next two weeks, and then we'll see what happens against Pittsburgh the last week of the season. Yeah, I've said on the show, I think they can beat the Steelers in week 17. I said if Pittsburgh were undefeated going into that game, I like Cleveland even more. But now that they've lost a couple games, I still think Cleveland can beat them. If Cleveland plays the way they did last night against the Ravens, against the Steelers in week 17, they'll beat them. We'll see what happens. I mean, I still look at it until the Browns beat them. Uh, they have to show it. And so I think, and that's just kind of like my defense mechanism after having to sit here through 0-16 and 1-15 teams. Kevin Stefanski's done a great job this year. And Baker Mayfield's really bought into the system. I think there were a lot of people that doubted his skills and abilities after last year with Freddie Kitchens. And now I think uh, Browns fans have bought in and bought in pretty hard on this to having him be a long-term quarterback, at least pick up his uh, – his extension, and then figure out what's going to happen after that. You know, I talked to Mafia on the radio last night that uh, I feel he's head and shoulders above Johnny football. And I remember the euphoria in Cleveland when they got him and then the misery that followed. 
But I haven't seen that from Baker Mayfield. I actually, you know, because I think a lot of people thought he was a D, uh, you know, and acted like a tool when he first came into the league. And uh, and then, you know, some people don't like all of his uh, endorsement, commercials, TV, and otherwise. But I have to tell you, but beyond all of that, like cheddar, which is what it is, I think he's been uh, turning into a mature professional football player doing his job. I think it's Kevin Stefanski, and I, I think that that's the, the hard part is a lot of people are saying, well, is he a franchise quarterback? <laughs> is he a game manager? I think you got to be a game manager before you can be a franchise quarterback, and that's what Stefanski's done. He has just ripped him down to the bare bones and then brought him back up, and I think that that's super important because you talked about you know the folks that didn't like him before. When you start talking about other guys' contracts and being here and then Freddie Kitchens gets the job and that didn't work out the way it should have, and it was like there were buddies – trying to run a football team with a guy who was in his first full season being a quarterback in the NFL. He wasn't ready for that. And the best thing they ever did was bring in Kevin Stefanski because it calmed everything down. And it taught him probably the most important lessons, like don't throw interceptions. And we don't need to throw the ball 30 times a game to win when we have two dynamic running backs like we do right now. I mean, it really is unbelievable. And I think uh, up front, they're solid as hell too. Uh, I just think their whole their blocking scheme and and that line is, is the difference for me. Not only in uh, giving them a running game, but also giving uh, Baker Mayfield. It would appear to me a nice sized box in the pocket to either get rid of the ball or get out of trouble. Like last night, he broke to the right and ran it in for the touchdown. I give the credit there to the line more than I give Mayfield. I mean, that was, you know, I could have run that ball in because I think they made that happen for him. Uh, I, I The number one reason this offense hums is because of that offensive line and because of guys like Wyatt Teller coming out of nowhere to look really good. And Jedrick Wills, who's just a, uh, you know, a rookie who's played really well at left tackle. The stability wasn't there over the last season. I think part of the problem Baker had in the past was I don't know that he trusted his offensive line. J.C. Treader was there. Joel Batonio was there. And those guys were guys that he could trust. But it, the rest of the line would collapse on him too much last year. They weren't able to do things. And I really think he lost some confidence last year. Big hurry to get rid of the ball, trying to force the ball to Odell Beckham Jr. It caused all kinds of problems last year. Now the offensive line is rock solid. He has time to do the things he needs to do. Yes, he holds on to the ball. But that's because they're rolling him out right, rolling him out left, trying to give him a little bit more time. Uh, to get over the, the big offensive or defensive lineman when you're of that, that stature, I guess. But he's been doing a great job. I actually, uh, Andy Baskin with us from uh, the fan in Cleveland, think that, uh, you know, last night Hunt blew me away out of the backfield making that catch down the left sideline. I don't really remember him being that, uh, you know, crafty with his hands catching the ball on the run down the sideline making plays like that. I remember him banging, scoring touchdowns and everything else, but uh, that really opened my eyes up last night. Well, I think what's interesting for folks in Cleveland is we've, we've known he can do that. We watched him play high school football here as well. He was dynamic at Willoughby South when he played here, and then he goes on to college, and he gets found by Kansas City and Andy Reid. And, um, you know, those guys did a great job with him, but I think the need for him to catch passes really hasn't been there in the NFL until now, especially when you're looking at a Browns uh, wide receiving core that's a little bit depleted with OBJ being out. They need to find another place. And, you know, Jeff Phelps, the guy I do my show with, we've been talking about it all year, throwing the ball, throwing the ball. Let's see what he can do. And he's he's just a great release pass 
for Baker Mayfield, but yesterday he came up with some clutch passes as clutch catches as well. Uh, Baskin and Phelps, very popular. Uh, let me ask you about uh, Miles Garrett. Now he, uh, you know, I, I think he's a fantastic football player. I'm not stupid, and I'm a Steeler fan, and I'm supposed to hate him, but I don't because I respect his game. And I really respect what he's doing in Africa. I saw that last night during that game. I didn't know he was saving the world and, and developing wells and water for people that are dying and starving and everything else. I had no idea that he was that kind of guy and the nominee of the uh, team for Walter Payton Man of the Year. Impressive uh, philanthropy from a guy that I thought should have gone in, uh, to the gallows after what he did to uh, Mason Rudolph. Um, I, I think that's why it was so shocking here in Northeast Ohio again, because that's not his personality. And I think we were all like, whoa. And the hard part about that game last year against, you know, the Steelers, Mason Rudolph, is most people forget that the Browns won that game because that play was so shocking at the end. And it was just like, oh, man, where are we going? You can't use your helmet as a weapon. And, you know, it was just uh, it was uncharacteristic of him. Uh, there was a point in the offseason where he told Mary Kay Cabot that uh, from the plane dealer here in Cleveland that, you know, he thought about quitting football because of all those things that were going on. I do give him credit, though, during the suspension, he went out and did all that philanthropy, and he's always out and about town. He does a lot of great things. I've seen him at um, uh, Feed the Need every year uh, for the homeless here in, in Northeast Ohio. So he's always been that guy, and I think that that flash frame of his life, uh, I know it's going to stick with him, and I know it's interesting to hear you say your opinion on that because uh, he's changed your mind a little bit. I think this is really who he is, and it's not that moment against Mason Rudolph last year. Okay, they need to beat the Giants uh, on Sunday night to show that they can wash their hands of that uh, incredibly tough loss last night. They got to show what they're made of and beat a team they're better than. Well, they've done that before. We know that, especially in the beginning of the season, like Baltimore and Pittsburgh were these tier one teams and the Browns were a tier two team. They were able to bounce back in both of those losses earlier in the season. However, it was Cincinnati that was the team that was waiting for them after both of those losses. It's going to be interesting. They were able to bounce back after the Raiders lost, too. Um, we'll see. We'll see what they look like. Uh, the Giants are a team I don't think anybody in the NFL, well, maybe after Sunday might be a little different, but prior to this weekend, I don't think anybody wanted to play the Giants. So we'll see. They, they've got to do some uh, quick work towards this week and, and regroup. And they've shown that they can do that before. So uh, let's talk about the Indians for a second. What has been the reaction in Cleveland? Uh, we knew that they were going to change the name of the team for a while, right? Like, and then they made yeah. this announcement again this week for some strange reason that they were going to uh, change the name in a year, that this year they would go with it, and then next year they uh, would change the name. I'm not sure we needed all that. Uh, I guess somebody needed an answer of if they were going to change their name. That's probably why they did it. What's the reaction to the name change plans with fans and people that live in Northeast Ohio? Uh, like in Atlanta, they're not having it. In Atlanta, they're like, yeah, you're not changing the name of our team. Screw you. What are they like in Cleveland? Um, I don't think they had any plans on announcing this right now. I mean, we're talking about trading Francisco Lindor here. I mean, that's the, the million-dollar question, and I don't think the nickname thing came up. I think that the New York Times was talking to somebody at the MLB office and they had had conversations with the Indians. This goes all the way back to the All-Star game. And somebody started 
to blab in their mouth in New York. That's what happened. And so the Indians then ended up getting pushed down and had to say, okay, well, we got to do something about this now. I don't think there were any plans. I think there were plans in place to change the name at some point, but there's no way the Indians wanted to have to go through this right now through the holiday season. And, you know, Lindor is their top priority right now. So now because of the New York Times and somebody with a huge mouth, I think at the MLB office, they pressured the Indians into making this announcement now. Paul Dolan has said that they will be the Indians this year. And then after that, they're going to have to, they'll end up changing the nickname after the season. So in 22, that's when they'll end up doing it. What about um, this kid, Isaac Okoro, that's got everybody all excited down at the queue, uh, watching him drop 18 in his first game with the Cavs and then 15 last night in both games were against the Pacers. He's looked pretty tough, and he he seems to have his uh, teammates jacked. I think what's interesting is his first game, you know, he started off that that exhibition game or preseason game against Indiana. He looked like a rookie. I mean, he was a little bit nervous. But then as the game went on, he settled in, he started playing better, and it was, you know, it was exciting times for the Cavaliers. There isn't a whole lot of Cavs chatter right now here because of the Browns, now because of the Indians. And the fact that the Cavs didn't get to go to the bubble and got just absolutely ripped by not going there, and they have all this time where they don't get a chance to play, it's really hard right. for the Cavaliers to work their way back into the Cleveland mindset. Kevin Love's here, Andre Drummond's here, so they've got some players, but no one's expecting them to do anything. Well, that's too bad. Uh, I think everyone should drink beer. Hey, Andy, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Always great to have you on Coast to Coast. We'll get you on for all on a bench one of these days. Stay healthy, my friend. Be cool. Love you. You got it. Right back at you. All right. Andy Baskin from Baskin and Phelps on the fan in Cleveland. Back with more on Coast to Coast. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, back on Coast to Coast. Carver High, uh, do you think baseball is serious that they're going to wait to get all the players vaccinated before they start the season and they're going to push it back a month? Um, I think that that's going to be a very hard thing for them to do. And it's some owners, I, you know, obviously there's a lot of there's 30 owners, but there is a, a small amount of them that think that they should wait until they vaccinate all the players. The players association seems to feel differently. They want to get things going. They feel that they showed in August, September, October last year that they can follow protocols I mean, how long is that going to take? We've already seen that this is going to take a while to roll this vaccine out to people. We've seen the NFL say we're not jumping the line. MLB is going to go and jump the line and get vaccines for all their players. That could take months before that happens. I, they need to try to start on time if they can. I actually think that uh, the NFL has no chance to jump the line because they're playing for three more weeks and then the NFL playoffs. Baseball, by right. the time uh, the spring rolls around, Literally, I believe in April and May, you're going to be able to get this shot in in drugstores. Yeah, that's why it's so easy for Roger Goodell to sit there on December the 14th and tell people we're not jumping the line because 75% of his players are done in three weeks. 
And the other 25% are done a month after that. So he, it's very easy for him to say when he's going to have nine months uh, before all his players show up again to start playing. You're right. Baseball in a much different situation. Uh, Aaron Boone spoke uh, today, wants DJ LeMayu back with the Yankees. Uh, good thinking there, Aaron. Glad you're all on the same page. Dusty Baker, unsure if he wants to manage beyond next year, Scott. He's 71 years old. Uh, Dusty might hang him up. You mentioned this with Andy. Georgia Senators uh, opposed to any effort to rename the Atlanta Braves. They want nothing to do with it. And our old friend from the Yankees, uh, of course, Braves and many other teams, Mark Teixeira, done broadcasting. He's going to go uh, do philanthropy, uh, get his degree from Georgia Tech. He's done broadcasting, Scotty. And he's going to uh, do some investing. It's called, I have $150 million in the bank, and I don't need to work. And I may start smoking <laughs> reefer, too, on the side. That's what that means. <laughs> Working at ESPN has a pain in my ass. Build digital-first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360.